You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and Andy and I are back with Season 2, Episode 5 as we kind of break down the final rosters of Team Canada and Team USA as the World Junior Classic starts on Christmas Day. The schedule has been released, and hockey is on the immediate horizon now, and I can't wait. I know Andy can't wait. Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Like you mentioned, uh, actually, we have some preliminary games next Monday, I think. I think... uh... Team Canada plays, uh, there's a prelim game uh, next either Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I think they play uh, Sweden. So that should be fun. Yeah, I think it's, um, I believe, Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, they, uh, Team Canada will play uh, Team Sweden. I think there's a, f- there's a few other games, too. I have to look at that. But, yeah, uh, we're clearly less than a week out from some form of hockey. So that makes me extremely excited. Uh, the Rangers are... Rightly so, funneling back to uh, to New York for tra- training camp. So yeah, it just feels like this is where I thought we were going to be in uh, earlier December. But whatever, it's here now. I can't really complain too much. So I'm excited. Yeah, no, there's no complaining. Uh, I know we got the Igor notification saying that he is on his way back to New York, which means they're gearing up. They're getting ready to go. And camp will be around any second. And, you know, New York Rangers hockey is back. So everyone's got to be excited about that. Andy, I do have a couple things, though, that I want to bring up before we kind of get into the meat of our podcast. And the first one that I want to bring up is a little bit of it's controversy. OK, because it's right. something that has been in my mind probably for my entire life. And now I've seen a couple things pop up telling me that it's completely wrong. And that I've been living a life of a lie. And I really want you to tell me that either I'm not crazy or that, yeah, James, you are crazy. You made this up in your head. Okay. How yeah, do you, hit, how, hit me. Let's see how do you abbreviate Philadelphia? Uh, man, I've always done a PHI. Okay. Am I, am I wrong? I don't, I don't know. Well, that's the way I do it. But this is now the second time in the past like week 
that I've seen it, P-H-A. And it's blowing my mind and more people are using it and I'm noticing it more because I feel like it's something that you probably just glanced over. But the P-H-A is throwing me off and I don't know I don't know what it is. I, it's really tripping me up and, I, and it seems so minuscule and such a minute point to even bring up. But P-H-A versus P-H-I, it's like two, two different worlds. It's like one universe is P-H-I and one universe is P-H-A and I just flipped. Yeah, it's like the the whole uh, Berenstain Bears. It's on, so on, when the Rangers play uh, the Flyers on the Thanksgiving Day Classic or Showdown, whatever you want to call it, um, is that does NBC have PHA up? Because I, I I'm remembering it as PHI. Now I'm it's, I'm starting to feel like my whole life is a lie too. Like I gotta. Who, oh man, who put out who put out the new divisions? What what? Uh, someone tweeted out the new divisions, and that's what's that's what started it. They abbreviated Philly with PHA, and I looked at it. I'm like, oh my god, like, what an idiot! And then I saw another te- uh, another tweet <laughs> saying PHA, and I'm like, who's the idiot? And I started looking in the mirror at myself, being like, am I? Oh was I living a lie in my own head? But no, I I think it's PHI. Thank God you said it's PHI. But all the PHA people out there. You can't you can't do this to me. You got to stick with one. It's PHI. It's what NBC uses. You can't change it to PHA. It's too confusing for me. I can only handle so much in this world. Just can we keep it simple? <laughs> it's PHI. We can agree on that, Andy. I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I owe oh, you absolutely. That PHI is very confusing. Like it's like if you say PHI it, there's really no mistaking what you, what city you're abbreviating. I just don't. Yeah, the uh, PHA yeah, is like it could be Phoenix. I know Phoenix is not that. That's not what it is. They have the X in there, but like it's just too much. There's, I don't know what you're abbreviating at that point. And I, I've already my brain is at max capacity, and I can't be replacing city abbreviations. I just can't. Um, no, I, okay. I'm with you on that one. Though. Okay, all right. That's the first one. Uh, the second one is, and this is like a deeper conversation. This could actually probably be a whole podcast, but I want you to just I say the answer that I want you to say, and this way I can just move on. But I need to hear the answer. It's the why are the okay. NHL stars so robotic and boring? Like I just saw a video yesterday of Sidney Crosby telling everyone, "Hey, I just want to hope everyone is staying safe during this difficult time." Um, you know, hopefully things get back to normal. Uh, okay. And let's get the season underway. And it was so like, blah, and so boring. And then like the NHL stars that I thought like of the next generation, they're just quiet, but then they're weird. Like Austin Matthews has like the mustache. He wears like weird cutoff jeans (laughs) and they're like, he doesn't really say much. He just dresses differently. So he's like basically Sidney Crosby, except he is like dresses sort of like a hipster, I guess. Which is fine, but it's like, can't we just like have a star that's like vocal and fun? I mean, we had like PK Subban, but like, there's nobody else. Oh yeah, Ovi Subban, and yeah, we haven't really had a. I can't remember, like you said, outside of those two guys, I can't remember. Maybe I don't know Danny Heatley. I don't know if he counts, but like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I. I feel like Sagan could be that guy, 
but at the same time, playing in Dallas has kind of hurt his overall notoriety or star power. Because if, if Sagan played in like uh, either for an original six team, like if he was still in Boston or he played in, uh, you know, for the Leafs or something, like I think he would be a much bigger deal. And he's yeah. got a he's got a good fun personality, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like like you said, like Sidney Crosby is just uh, what I think Greg Wyshynski does the the impression. So just like ah, oh, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> he's just very soft spoken yeah. and even and, he, and even connor and like his commercials is very one note they're all one note yeah. That's every time thing. like every picture of Con- uh, of connor is like he saw a ghost like he's shocked like the person took the picture it's like dude you're a celebrity you're the best hockey player in the world like act yeah. like it act, he, have he's a like a swagger. deer like a deer like yes yes a deer yeah, he's like headlights. every every picture of him is like a deer a deer or yeah a deer in a headlights or like deer on like night vision uh hunting cam that's like attached to a tree where he just like looks around he's just like oh, yeah man. even in his own house he's like oh you know i hope no one knows me in my house because yeah. yeah and we've seen that austin matthews clearly has a little charisma to him he, he was hanging out with justin bieber the other day i saw right, right um and like you said he wears like gucci flip-flops and he's got the mustache uh but yeah, I, but like to your point, you know, I just, I actually, I was ta- having this conversation with uh, one of the other hosts, I think either it was a uh, hockey troll for Caps Chirp or, uh, or no, I'm sorry. It was with uh, the Clink brothers uh, of the uh, discussion five. Oh, excuse me. That's our old podcast. Uh, the uh, Red Wings rant podcast for our Detroit Red Wing podcast here on the hockey podcast network. And it's kind of, it's funny because the league we are always bemoaning the fact that the league doesn't promote superstars, but at the same time, it's like, they like it that way. They like that. They can, these guys are an individualist that they're all like, Oh, you know, the team and I don't want to stick out. And then when it comes to like, you know, labor negotiations or advocating for themselves or like wanting to make sure they get put first, they don't want to seem greedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like they toe the line all the time instead of being, no one wants to be the one to like step out and say like, you know, screw this man. Like this is wrong. That's why I was really surprised when Panarin, uh, put out that letter you know stating that like this is a chance to like fix fix escrow and like why is this happening yeah you know, he just signed that big ticket uh, it was really surprised me you know and it, i guess it, you know unfortunately for panarin it's like i think he speaks better english than we we really think he does or it gets portrayed but at the same time it's not his native language so he might not be super comfortable just being like a vocal you know especially yeah. when you hear about guys like you know brett hall was a big personality right uh, chris chelios the big personality uh yeah i feel like there's a few guys back then who were bigger personalities you know compared to now. even the guys who were maybe more traditional were still like bigger more like like messier had a right not, i, I don't want to say boastful say. but he was like a present he, like, he had presence you know what i mean you know right. wayne was was a very low key, but he was also like the best player. And like, you know, I guess much like Connor and Sid, they're just kind of like, that's their thing. They, they're the best players in the world, but they go about their business and they're quiet about it. But you know, you had other guys that were like, you know, Brent, I'd say Brent Burns is kind of, yeah, has that star, but you know, it's, I feel like, but no, they, but you're right to your point. Other than that, I don't really know. Well, like PK Subban, obviously maybe has the, one of the biggest personalities in the league. And, you know, people love that about him. And he actually has even gotten hate about it because it's not as like it's not, you know, quote unquote hockey etiquette. But we the NHL needs that because you're trying to sell the game to people and you need characters. But my problem with P.K. Subban was he became like network polished where it's almost he became scripted. Whereas like I kind of want to hear him just like, you know, shoot the shit a little bit, you know, with the hockey guys like that's that's what, you know, I think hockey 
you know, players love, you know, the most hearing NHLers just kind of, you know, talk the hockey talk, you know, I want to hear, you know, them chirp each other, you know, after a bad play and stuff like that. I just feel like, you know, we had someone in PK and he got a little too scripted for me. And now, you know, I, I need like, you know, like the Kachuk brothers, you know, could be someone that could be vocal in the future. You know, maybe Brady Kachuk, he, he'll probably be a little bit better, I think, overall. So I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, again, we can have a whole podcast talking about, um, yeah, you know, player personality <laughs> and, you know, what does it mean for the league and, the, you know, the players union and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, just something that was on my mind. And, and you know, obviously you, you basically hit the nail right on the head. It's just, you know, it's just the way hockey players are, I guess. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, I just, yeah, just to, we'll put a nice little bow no, no. on it. I, I really did think that it was, you know, cause we even saw like, you know, a few years ago, uh, was it when, when Yakupov, uh, not that he's in the league anymore, but when, you know, when he scored that, that tying goal and he did the whole, what he slid on his, his knees on the ice thing. I absolutely loved it. And he got absolutely crucified by like the, you know, the old school hockey media. Um, it's, it has gotten better guys are, you know, at least they're, it's not, they've even said that it's like you, you, when you were a young guy, you used to come in and then like, you had to like shut up and keep your head down and like not look anyone in the eye and not talk to them. And now it's like the young guys, they control like the boom box in the dressing room. But, um, Jesus, I, I call, I still call them boom box. That's how old I am. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I guess, so it's, I guess it's changing on one front, but like you said, uh, hockey players are, Right now, it's still imprinted in their DNA to like not be too out of line. And if they are, they can't be, they have to have, there has to be polished there no matter, no matter what, even though behind the scenes they're, you know, saying in the lot, I'm sure behind closed doors, they're, you know, they're saying beyond the pale stuff and talking about wheeling and, and, you know, they're, they're taking their teeth out and they're spitting uh, tobacco everywhere, you know, and chew everywhere. And yeah, they're probably big. They're definitely plenty of personalities in the leagues it's just they do not show it and uh they choose not to and they don't want to and they don't you know i think we spoke about this last uh there was another thing is that like in the nba when the all-star game if a guy's not in the all-star game like if they don't make it they're like i want to be in the the con- i want to be in the crowd for the dunk contest so when like someone does a sick dunk i can get up and like hold on to like act like i'm having an out-of-body experience meanwhile like you said like nhl players are figuring out how to fake like a, a groin injury so they don't have to go you know, if they make right. the, the the damn game. You know what I mean? It's like, right. And that's the big difference. It's like the, the NBA caters to its players and the, the players know that and they get that back. So they kind of naturally want to feed into it because it helps them. It's, it's a mutually beneficial thing, but the NHL, like the players, it's like, because it's not in their best interest to be, to be featured almost. It's just, yeah, it's still more, it's like a team. Whereas, you know, at the end of the, uh, not that it, it should be, I don't think it should be this way in the NHL because you have the handshake line and all that, but it's like, you know, you could play a brutal 60 minutes against someone, but after, you know, the two stars are like high five and like, it was a good game, whatever. And, and giving each other respect and that you get that moment after every game, no matter what the score was, you know, you see both stars and when a hockey game's over, everyone gets off the ice, like goodbye. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They have to, whether it's, it's just funny just to think that even lingering shots of two stars on the ice just saying like oh, that was this whatever this that could make a big difference but at the same time it's you know i don't know if there's 
you could argue that there's a lot of competitive uh, fuel and, and they're the enemy built into hockey. So maybe that's not, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's too hard to turn off immediately after, especially after a brutal loss. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just something to think about. All right. Well, my, so my next, my next question is actually not really a question, but I want you to say what, what, what if I told you that there was a 20 goal scorer out there that you can probably get for a million dollars and I think you can plug them wherever you want in the lineup as a forward. 20 goal score. The 20 goal 20 score. 20 goal score last year? Yes, or last just year. Had scored 20 goals. Nope, last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Only a million dollars. Only a million dollars. So, okay. No, it's not. I assume it's not Mike Hoffman, right? It's not Mike Hoffman. Is it Mike Hoffman? It's not Pacioretty either, because obviously you can't have either of those guys for a million dollars. But I'm trying to think, who is it? Oh, I think I, I is it is it Anthony Declare? Yes. Okay. What? Yeah, I was I was wondering what's going on there. Like I don't know, man. Like it's so weird. I know him and Torts had their issues, and obviously the fact that Ottawa was so reticent to give him. I know Ottawa's cheap, but I just I don't know what's going on there, man. Like. He looked like he was ready to, like almost like like Fiala. He looks like he really came into his own. But there's, I don't know if it's a where there's smoke, there's fire thing, because you have to imagine that he would have, someone would have given him his money at some point. If there uh, is there something going on we don't know about, is it I just mean, his? I don't know about, but I I don't know anything about that his personal life or anything like that. But the kid yeah. had 23 goals and 17 assists in 66 games for the Ottawa Senators. He's been a ranger before. Why not take a chance on him? Because you can probably get him for a million bucks if he's sitting around at home doing nothing because uh, no one signed him. Yeah, I mean, listen, I would much rather uh, have him than some, I'm sure, one of the players we're going to have on our fourth line. Uh, yeah, I think, unfortunately for the Rangers, they, they do have a bit of a cap issue this season. And But like you said, if you... I you know I know he represented himself in negotiations with uh, Pierre Dorian and the, the Senators, so I assume that they may have made him an offer and he just did not. It was too little, and I don't know if he's waited too long now and he doesn't want to. Uh, yeah, I mean I don't know what he's getting. There's a few guys that have that have you know where we have less than a month and they haven't signed. So you know Hoffman uh, hasn't found a home yet. He uh, Duclair hasn't settled. Yeah, but Hoffman yet, Hoffman has a story though. Like he's got baggage. His wife is was a nut job. You know, there was weird. Yeah, but stuff th- there going was no on. problems, and he was good, and he was good enough in in Florida. And there nothing happened. And at this, you know, listen, I I feel the same way. Like I get it. Like I, I yeah, but yeah, I, the- that whole situation made me sick too. But at the same time, it's like he already, you know, it was. I feel like because it never n- n- charges were never filed. I think there was, I think they countered, didn't they counter suit or they didn't counter suit, but they sued uh, the Carlson's for defamation. Right. Isn't that what happened? I, I think so. Uh, and, but I mean, listen, I, I don't know. I think they settled but. coming from the Rangers point of view. You don't bring a guy like that into a team that you're trying to rebuild and, and change the culture a little bit and change, you know, the, you know, you know, just kind of turn it all around the Hoffman is a, a piece that you maybe add to a team. If you lack some goal scoring depth and you want to make, a yeah, it, a he's a, he's a, he puts you over the, the top as a, to fix your power play. But, right. um, 
No, I mean, I declare I would love to have on the Rangers, you know, if you can get them for the right play. I've heard of weird, like, I did hear the Rangers at least kick the tires uh, just exploratorily on Pacioretty, which I understand. They're just like, what's going on here, you know? Yeah. Uh, they, uh, there's a weird rumor that the Rangers have interest in Chara. I don't know where that came from. Of course. You know, course. a lot of these rumors are are, 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 are bullshit, but. Uh, it's yeah, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, obviously you're, you know, GMs talk and they, they, they ask what's up. And sometimes that gets taken as, oh, he's like looking to get this guy. Sometimes he's just curious. Yeah. Sometimes it helps just, they want to gauge what is going on around the league, especially in their division, you know? So I, mean, I guess I shouldn't re- react like that with, oh my God, for Chara. I mean, bringing him in for one year just to kind of lead the way. I'll yeah. take Chara. I'll take it. Over Jack Johnson. That's yeah. for sure. Especially with his True. leadership abilities. Yeah. No, like, absolutely. You're right. I, I overreacted there. I, Achara, you know, you could, Achara Tony pair would be pretty interesting. Yeah. You could pair him with uh, a guy who's going to do more of the, I wouldn't put him with a Fox per se. I'd definitely put him with a, like a Tony D'Angelo though. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let Tony run. Or and- hell, if maybe, maybe if, for some Keandre surprises and somehow makes it either out of camp or early. Can you imagine having trying to get around those two? Yeah, would you know, that be the, the tallest way du- That would be the tallest duo in the NHL. Uh, yeah, probably. I forget how tall Keandre is now. He's probably at least six four, right? Yeah. So that would be. Yeah, I mean, it would be a nightmare trying to get around those two. Char obviously, unfortunately, can't skate like he used to, but. Keandre is so good with his reach currently in, in neutral zone. Like, and listen, he's definitely raw. I have, I, I would hope that Keandre gets some seizing in the AHL to start, but who knows? He's, they were, the Rangers have been super complimentary of him. He spent all summer prep him and Morgan Barron have been training with, uh, and Alexi Lafreniere. Once he got here, I've been training with Kreider in Connecticut with Ben Prentice. He's been on the ice with the Rangers. He went with them. Him and Vitali went with them to the bubble to practice and everyone really liked his poise and he didn't look too out of place. And he, but that's practice. It's totally different, but um, yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah, so I'm starting to happen. So we'll see. Yeah. But I want to start a campaign, uh, you know, bring back Dookie. I want him. He's 20 goals. I like the Duke. He's got a little swagger. That, that, to him. His was that his first NHL goal against that game where the Rangers came back, you know, the comeback versus Minnesota. That game was awesome. I, yeah. I, I lost my mind. I love that game. Uh, you know, and you know, I guess maybe hopefully he wouldn't have too hard feelings. They could just be like, listen, we were making a playoff run and you were good. So we had to trade you because you got yeah. value. And we were trying to get extend our cup window. So I don't know. I don't know if he takes it personally. Uh, maybe not. I don't know, but you know, maybe it could be a sell. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I think for him clearly representing himself, I think he, at the end of the day, he knows how much he thinks he should make. So I'm hoping that doesn't make it cost prohibitive. But like you said, the the pandemic definitely has changed things. And I think the longer time goes on, he's going to have to, you know, who knows? I don't know if that Ottawa's deal is still on the table and he can still take it because he had a good thing going there. But um, and he'll definitely there a place that can give him time. I think the only thing that doesn't benefit is him being a winger is in terms of like if he wants to make some bank, the him it's tough. It's a tough you can maybe get him on, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he can play both sides, but like, you know, the, the Rangers are very deep on the wing. So, you know, that might be tougher for yeah. him to break in, especially if he doesn't. Right. But I'm thinking moving to the right, right side. Guy, so I don't know. 
per se. You know se. what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like he's uh, a better if, option than some yeah, of the I just players that we have rostered right now. if it's, like, now. one of those things where he's going to want to be at the mercy. Whereas in... Yeah, I just feel like in Ottawa, because they're maybe they're they're still they're not that deep on the wing yet that he can, you know, play, especially because he's I think he's a left winger. Right. So, left wing. yeah, I don't know. I just don't. Yeah. So Panarin and Lafreniere is tough. <laughs> you know, if he's I don't I wouldn't want to unless he's playing, he can switch to the other side. You know, it's a uh, might be rough, but who knows? Maybe he gets desperate. I would definitely love to have him. But, uh, you know, who knows what what happens or what he's looking well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I would take a chance with him on the right right side. Yeah, it definitely nice to he's like you said he's coming into his own. And worst case scenario, who knows? He could light it up again, and then you could say the Rangers could be like, "All right, Duke, we're gonna we you know we love you, but like you're if you want to make money, you know, go fly and get some assets for him. You know, who knows? Or who knows? Maybe it's like one of those things where he just makes. Uh, yeah, you know, I hate to say it because I love I love the guy, but maybe he makes Buchnevich a bit, you know, expendable. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, but that's that's a lot of presumptions of whether a he wants to come here and take less money, and b uh, if he'd be comfortable switching sides. So we don't know that. But uh, listen, if he didn't have a home, I definitely would hope the Rangers were at least in, ask him or were interested. Yeah. So. All right. I mean, that pretty much wraps up that. I, and, you know, I'm glad that you kind of agreed with me because I thought I got nervous once I brought it up. I'm like, oh, my God, is there something I don't know that, like, Andy's going to just, you know, crush me for? But thanks. Uh, okay. Playoffs next year. I heard a little bit of an idea that kind of resonated with me because I thought it was cool. And I think it would make the playoffs a lot more interesting and a lot more fun. Um, I heard this from Spit and Chicklets, RA talking about it. Uh, basically, have you know the same amount of teams from you know obviously of the the Yager division with the Sundin division, the Korea division, and the Chelios division. Everyone gets an equal amount, and then you seed them one through sixteen. One plays sixteen, two plays fifteen, and that's how you set up the playoff bracket. No East East and Western Conference. You do it all in one bubble, sort of like a March Madness. Uh, yeah, or yeah, basically just one through fifteen or one through sixteen. Rank them all. Let them play each other. I like it. It's you know it's elegant under the circumstances we are in right now. Uh, you know it's it's not permanent, so you, yeah, you don't have to worry about that too much. I mean, we're already going to redraw divisions just for that so why not if you're not going to get to play teams in the west uh during the during the year maybe you can get get them in the playoffs i think that's a, a pretty easy elegant solution and i i listen i've never been too precious about the whole you know uh seeding thing with like some people are and like what's fair especially this year i don't like if this is just for this year i like it i think it's good maybe i understand if there might be if it was a permanent thing there might be some more besides logistic problems, uh, philosophical problems, but no, just for this season, it, it, may, it makes sense to me. I mean, you're going to be playing in a bubble anyway, so you yeah. don't have to worry about the East coast, West coast traveling. Uh, you're, you're not going to have to really worry about fans. Um, and you know, it's just going to be a fun, unique thing that I think a lot of, a lot more people watch. I think you'll get a lot more eyeballs and like 
think of how cool it would be, you know, to kind of see, a, you know, Boston Bruins versus Chicago Blackhawks matchup, you know, if that just so happens to be the case, you know, I, I just think you would see some really unique matchups that you would never get to see. And I just think a lot more people would be excited about it. Um, uh, you know, obviously some people, some people will rant and rave. Yeah. Watch, watch a team like Toronto, unfortunately, still ends up like drawing the the uh, the Boston Bruins, and they're like, <laughs> no matter <laughs> yeah, what, they right? They can't escape them. They're like, oh no, no, there's but no, but no, yeah, to your point, that's a that's a yeah, that's a perfectly elegant and or I shouldn't say elegant, it's just perfectly, uh, yeah, it's it's just a perfectly simple solution. It, like you said, it'll create matchups. It'll guarantee some maybe more, more unorthodox matchups. You know, I maybe the only thing that this season, because we spoke on our last podcast about the fact that if you're going to play within your division, all your games within your division, it might reignite some rivalries. You know, I think you do want maybe want to get some payoff for that, right? Uh, To guarantee that you might be playing within that little division you're in. But at the same time, you're going to play them so much, you're already kind of getting that matchup. And it would be nice by the end of the year to get like, all right, finally kind of get like we have you have it's kind of nice when two teams go into it maybe they don't know they don't have a feel for that team this year because even if you only play a team twice you can maybe be like oh wow they really you know beat the shit out of us like in our first meeting and then we made adjustments in the second game and it was better so who knows who you know but uh yeah i mean i i, I like it though i still think that's the way to go it's fair you know i think it'll make things uh in terms of which, yeah, it's it's just like you're never going to be able to balance things out fairness with the amount of games being played anyway. It's just kind of a flash in the pan. So there shouldn't be anyone upset, although people will always find a way to complain about something. But no, I think it's perfectly fair and I, I would like to see it. Yeah, no, I think it would be, you know, really fun and it's just interesting and something fresh. You know, I know this season is kind of thrown together and and kind of uh thrown at us i think it would be a nice little treat to have a you know the playoffs shaken up too uh also um ray ray made a couple a comment on our instagram post and i tried my best to answer her and it got me thinking i'm kind of with her i i don't i don't get why the divisions were changed like i understand the all canadian one but like, and like, are they just filling the void? Because I don't see how it affects travel costs. Like, I mean, obviously the uh, Yager division is, uh, they're going to spend almost nothing on traveling because yeah. they're all right there. Um, but other than that, like are, they're staying in the hotel, they're secluded. Like, are there no, fl- there are really no flights from Canada and USA right now? Like they can't make an exception for private planes. I'm sure there's private planes going all over the place right now. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't make any sense. And I know the border has been sealed shut. So obviously that makes sense for the Canadian division. Um, Honestly, man, I like some of these teams have been, especially the owners have been. So I think it does equate to, I think you're going to see a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if you see games scheduled earlier in the day. And if team, you know, if you're, it's a big, you know, I think everything adds up. I think less less staying in hotels overall, especially like you said, in the Yager division, you're going to train. You'll either bus or train to every game, and you can sleep in your own bed. You don't have to go in a strange hotel where worried about who wiped what down and like where you're getting your food from. And 
I just think it's one of those things that they think that the combo, the combination of, of just all that put together, you know, saved travel costs, uh, you know, fuel for private planes, saved on lodging and housing, uh, just every little bit for their bottom line. I think they, they calculated how much they could probably save by doing this. And it was probably definitely enough to, for them to right now, especially I think with the, the amount of revenue they, they stand to, to lose this, this season. I think it just made sense to them. And just from a health precautionary sense, I think it makes sense. I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some earlier scheduled games, uh, this year, you know, just for that, just so teams can like, fly it makes more sense for them just to come in play their game you know or if they're going to play i don't you know i don't know if they're going to do back-to-backs i don't know how they're scheduling it. they're working that out now but i think they're just they're literally just trying to limit expo you know, hell even just lim- limiting time for contact tracing purposes it's, you don't have to be worried about who gave it to him was it a delivery man how many who else did he get in contact with or like how long was he on the plane playing cars with this guy you know what i mean like i don't i just think it's for them, it, it seems like a no-brainer, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I understand what she's saying, and I'm gonna go with her because I, I think overall it doesn't really make a difference at that point. If they're doing everything privately, I understand the hotel stuff, but uh, I'm just gonna still go with her because I don't really understand why, if everything's private, why they can't figure that end out. But we'll just say it's money and money talks, so. Uh, we'll yeah, leave it at I think, that. I, that I think, yeah, I do think that's <laughs> it. Again, thank thanks to uh, Ray from uh, the House of Hockey podcast. Uh, you guys, if you and gals, you should definitely listen to it. They talk to uh, various guests about the hockey lifestyle, and uh, yeah, they have fascinating. Last oh, two weeks ago, they had Brad Park on, and I was super yes. jealous. Like Ranger Hall of Fame defenseman, Rangers defenseman Brad Park. That's a get, huh? Uh, yeah, you know, so, absolutely. Yeah, uh, check out the House of Hockey podcast. They are tremendous. Uh, yeah, so, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I again, I think I'm just gonna chalk it up to uh, money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I could say I could talk about all the little ways you can keep them safe, but in the back of my mind, I just they just they said, look, it's cheaper. And that that's definitely probably why they did it. You know what I mean? And yeah, they, they no. maybe justified to themselves by saying that, but you know. Listen, you tell, you, you know, some of these owners, the way they act, you know, you, you tell them like, oh, you know, just this is how much you'll save and just, you know, not having to waste airplane fuel. They're like, where do I like, sign? You know, if it was 50 bucks, they'd probably be like, yeah, where do I sign? I don't have to do it. Yeah. Do you think Dolan yeah. even participates in those conversations or he's just like, whatever the NHL does, I'm cool with? Um, I think, you know, we know Dolan is a little bit more hands off with the Rangers than he is the Knicks. Uh, he's not like Jeremy Jacobs with the Bruins where everything is a, a fight. And, you know, the, uh, I think Dolan is one of the, I don't think he's really the one who's like, I don't think he was one of the teams coming to, he definitely wasn't coming to, you know, the the Forbes just released their, uh, their most, uh, their evaluations of each of the NHL teams and the Rangers were number one, Toronto, number two. Are you, you going to bring that up uh, every podcast now? Uh, I am, but I don't bring it up as a point of pride. I bring it up as, and I, I even, like I said, I, I tweeted you're this, like, no, I'm not. Why? You know, <laughs> it, it's a problem. It's like, we talked about how much it's so effing expensive it is to go to a Rangers game. You know what I mean? You know, especially you look at, you, you pay all this money and to, to sit up in the nosebleeds up in, you know, where the blue seats used to be. 
I guess are still technically blue seats in spirit, but, uh, but at the same time, you look down and some some prick from a you know securities company and his friends and their bubble vests, they miss the first period, they come in for the second, and then they leave halfway through the third period. And you're like, God, you know, I'd kill to be to be sitting there. And then you like, how much does it cost to sit there? And you're like, oh, you know, to to if it's even to watch them play the wild on a Tuesday night, it's, you know, it's two hundred and eighty dollars to sit down there. So you're like, thanks, but no thanks. I will sit up here. So. Right. It's uh, it's cheaper to go to the Devils game when they're playing the Rangers than it would be to go to the Rangers game. I could buy four you know seats I mean? at a Devils game and splay out and lay on my side yeah. like, you know, like Marcus Aurelius and I could I could have, you know, someone in a fifth seat feed me grapes, which would probably be cheaper, you know, from or whatever they they have it at the I almost call it the Rock at the Prudential Center, you know. Yeah, <sighs> and then you got, you know, our boy Gibby buying three sets of tickets so he could go and drink in between periods at the bar across the street because it's cheaper to buy the beer there than it is to buy stadium beer. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, I'm I'm oh. I'm like I think I'm smart cuz I'm getting the the double uh, you know, Jack and Ginger Ale from uh, the bar at MSG. Oh, 20 yeah, 20 not. $27, sure. Here's my credit card. No, I'm not going to feel this tomorrow. Ouch. Yeah, no. Nah. All right, that's um, that's a whole other podcast we should probably talk about. <laughs> We've got hockey talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments where you know you're down through nothing, and the team has this amazing comeback. And the guy who you want, who you really are thinking this needs to be the star of this team, has a hat trick. We've got beer. It has a unicorn on the can. An easy drinking beer that's just delicious. We want to help you understand the sport you love better. What kind of things are you looking for to understand the game better? What you know? What's a couple of things someone who's watching the game at home when things start up here in a few weeks, or if they're watching college hockey, what's going on right now? What kind of things would they be looking for to try and understand the game better, or what's happening in the game, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's it's something that's evergreen. Um... Listen to Jackets Debrief, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. And available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. So, all right, let's get into the you know the meat of the podcast. This is you know you're a baby, you're Mister Prospect. Um, we can get into Team USA and Team Canada. Uh, let's do Team Canada first because sure. you know obviously there's a couple New York Rangers on there that people are very familiar with or should be very familiar with because uh, one of which was a first round draft pick. Uh, you know. So Team Canada, obviously heavy favorites going into this. Their lineup is stacked all the way through. I don't even know where their weaknesses lie in the past. Usually I feel like it's goaltending. Uh, I don't know if that's still the case. Yeah, I would say that's this year that's the case. Um, Yeah, so basically Team Canada, odds on favorite to win this tournament. But they, they, you can say that almost every year, you know. But at the same time, I just think... Uh, I would say it's definitely been COVID has been difficult for all these teams. Teams have lost players uh, and some, you know, high profile players to the pandemic and to positive COVID tests. Uh, You know, Canada, even with Alexi Lafreniere opting not to just to focus on Rangers training camp, uh, you have to imagine at some point, depending on, I don't know how if Kirby Doc is going to have to leave. I think I forget when the final game of the tournament. I think he he's going to play the whole tournament. He should be fine. 
Uh, but yeah, just to show how deep they are, it's like, you know, so they cut some of the players that didn't make final camp. I mean, you know, Seth Jarvis, uh, who went, uh, was it 13th to, uh, was it 13 where Carolina picked, you know, you know, players like Seth Jarvis and Maverick Bork, these are high profile guys, first round picks this last year didn't make this team. That's how, how deep they are. Uh, and I mean, you know, Quentin Byfield, like I said, you'll have Kirby doc, Dylan cousins is coming back. Uh, Connor McMichael for the Washington Capitals. Uh, yeah, like I said, Quentin Byfield, second overall for LA. You know, there people are looking for him to have a good term. Alex Newhook, you know, Colorado uh, Avalanche. So it's just, it's a deep team, man. They have a lot of star power. They have some, a lot of first round so, picks as I look at this lineup. Mo- you know, yeah. To put it in perspective, picks, right? their their entire forwards, all the every single forward was drafted in the first round. Uh, the latest pick being 28th overall, Ryan Suzuki. So that's just like <laughs> where where they're at. And yeah. I mean, it doesn't get much yeah, better Suzuki, than Suzuki. No, uh, it, it really doesn't. Like we said, you know, and especially on D, you could make an argument that Bowen Byron might be poised to be the best player in the tournament. Um, him and Doc can absolutely take over this tournament if they want to. I mean, I would honestly looking at... Uh, you know, I, I don't know if uh, for defense, I don't know who ends up, you know, they'll try to get everyone in. Uh, you could argue that one of uh, Korzak or, or Jordan Spence might not see much ice time. But at the same time, it's very possible that, you know, Thomas Harley and Schneider have been paired a lot in the past for Team Canada. And I think in practice. So, uh, yeah, I think. At, at any moment, I don't. I think they're going to keep Drysdale. I don't know. I don't know if Team Canada is going to split Drysdale and Byram up if they're going to have them together. But you can have those two on the ice at any given moment, and just yeah, they're absolutely stacked. But I will say this: you know, how many times have it's been like odds on favorite, and then like they end up losing to a team that is lesser on paper, and then all of Canada has to go like go into therapy. They're literally like, they have like what happened, like what they have a, a post-mortem, like what's wrong with hockey Canada that they can't like, or goaltending. Right. And, it, and listen, so for goaltending, you have uh, Devin Levi, who is playing for the Huskies this year in Northeastern and who, you know, not a bad Northeastern team this year, you know, um, but you know, Taylor Gauthier and Dylan Garand, New York Rangers, uh, and honestly, all three of these guys are kind of unproven. You know, uh, Levi's the oldest of them, so I assume he might get the start. I don't... All of them at various times in, in Canada's training camp before they had to quarantine impressed. But, you know, they're going They're going to be going up against, you know, Spencer Knight for Team USA. Uh, they're going to be, like, you know, at Yaroslav Askarov for... Oh, is Askarov actually... Is he? No, I'm sorry. Askarov is... Yeah, Askarov's uh, playing for Russia. So Askarov for Russia, who just went what? Uh, where where were the Preds picking? Wherever they picked him, whatever. Um, picked like so. Yeah, uh, you could you could argue that if these three, all three of those guys are kind of unproven. So who knows? That could be their Achilles' heel. Uh, but on paper, Canada is absolutely stacked, and it's one of those things where they look like they can play it any which way you want because you know they might have guys like Dawson Mercer, the Devils draft picked on their fourth line, who are both grind, you know, can can grind it out and be good two way guys, but are also very skilled. You know, same thing with who knows where they'll slot uh, Connor McMichael. Same thing, but and they have size, and you know, Doc is 
an NHL player already. So that you have that. Right. So I just don't, you know, but we, we've said this before and sometimes it's not about that. And sometimes the scrappier teams, especially a scrappy team USA. Uh, yeah. That, that on paper, they don't look as formidable, but you know, uh, they can I, knock off some good teams. So. Yeah. And I, and I do want to point out that you said Jordan Spence and, uh, uh, was it Caden Korzak? Yeah, yeah. You, you're like those two guys might not get much playing time. Yeah, because one was drafted in the second round, the other was drafted in the fourth round. The rest are all first round draft picks. So like they literally will have every like their starting roster from defense and forwards will all be drafted in the first round. I mean that's incredible, and they're yeah. like they're big names. So. I don't know. All right. So for Ranger fans that are listening, Rangers have a couple players in, you know, Braden Schneider and uh, Dylan Grand. Do, do you think, you know, do you think you'll see uh, what kind of role will these players be playing? You know, so I uh, as far as Grand goes, I don't know. I think Levi is going to be their guy out, out of the gate. I think he'll get some. I don't know who's going to play. I think it comes down to honestly, though, who plays best in the prelips for them. Everyone's going to get a, a chance, I think. Uh, I think out of camp, it was sounding like Levi in the yep. end might have been their guy. He's the old, like I said, he's the oldest. So, yeah. So who knows? But at the same time, you never know. Maybe someone gets hurt. Uh, grand, a bit smaller for a goaltender. Uh, but at the same time, he's he was very good for Kamloops last season. Uh, he battles hard. He looked good at times in practice or, or at least the scrimmages they showed. So, yeah, who knows? I think it's wide open, and I think that just kind of goes to show they don't have that one guy that you can just hang your hat on, like Askarov, who had a maybe a, a more difficult World Junior Tournament last season than he had hoped, but you know is now currently acquitting himself quite nicely in the KHL. And um, yeah, Spencer Knight, who's you know gone on, he's playing college hockey at this point. So um, as far as you know, uh, as far as Brain Schneider goes, he's going to you're going to I think you'll see him end up paired with Thomas Harley and just more of a you're going to have your your Drysdales and your Bowen Byrams who are going to be uh, exploratory defensemen. They're going to be you know transitioning all over the ice. And I think I think they're counting on guys, you know, the heavier guys, uh, i.e. a Brain Schneider just to play a more patient game. But at times we've seen Schneider jump up in the play quite a bit. So who knows, you know, if, especially if that team candidate is going as a whole and he sees a, uh, you know, a chance to exploit, a, you know, a gap in coverage, he will. But I think he's being there. He's going to see a lot of penalty killing time and he's just going to be relied on to play that game that why the Rangers drafted him. Just patient, physical, heavy, you know, and yeah, I just it, like I said, that's I don't. You know, it's I don't think it's as high profile role as, like I said, Byram or Drysdale. But at the same time, it's like I think he'll be a go to guy. And I still think uh, there's a potential for him to become a, a minute eater, especially against some of the tougher teams or especially if they're holding on to a lead. Who knows? You might see uh, once if if this if they grab a lead, you might act, actually see more Schneider than maybe one of a Drysdale or a Byram. But, you know, Byram's still the go to guy for for this uh, team, uh, for Team Canada, with Drysdale right behind them. Team USA, Andy, uh, our, our pride and joy in Team USA going all the way. You know, what can we expect from them? I, I feel like me personally this year, I don't know. I feel like we got to just want their one big question mark. Yeah. 
Which is weird. I think yeah. that's played to Team USA's favor in the past, though. Those teams True. that end up winning True. when it's like Team USA when it's when every year when it's like oh finally look at the look at the talent you know Team USA has even you know the uh, with that stacked first round class that uh, the U.S. national development team had you know uh, last year uh, yeah it just kind of ends in disappointment um, but. You know, the funny thing is I look at this team like up front and they're no solicit They're It's they're as though they're not. I mean, as, they got big names on it. Yes. And so I would say, you know, especially down down the middle with players. I don't know if they're going to split. Uh, they might kept, keep Trevor Zegris and Alex Turcotte uh, together because I think they've been playing on a line together because they have a, every bit of magic. But listen, uh, those two together can be are absolutely dangerous with the You know, the the two-way play of Turcotte and just the, the offensive wizard wizardry of Trevor Zegris, especially if you put him with Cole Caulfield as a sniper, that line could be absolutely dominant in this tournament. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And I would argue maybe that they can have a bit more of a, yeah, they could have their, uh, they could probably have a bit more of a feisty bottom six. You know, I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't know if, if uh, Brett Berard, Rangers draft pick, you know, one of him, Patrick Moynihan, or or I guess Farinacci would probably be could want any one of them could be the odd man out or extra forward. But at the same time, I think they'll each get their chance. I mean, you know, you have Brendan Brisson, who you know I was high on. Uh, yep. He will definitely, you know, he could center his own, own line if he wants to, or if they want to put him on the wing, he's an absolute you know weapon on the power play with that one timer. Uh, Matthew Boldy, Bobby Brink, you know, uh, you know, you have Colang- a big guy like Sam Colangelo. So, you know, and it, even then you have guys like, you know, Arthur Kaliev who are a bit mercurial, but at the same time can absolutely shoot the lights out. So who knows? I look at that. And then on the back end, you know, you're going to have Sanderson is going to be your go to hold a down guy. And then Cam York is going to be your offensive. Uh, they might have a little bit more defined roles for their defense. You know what I mean? They're definitely not as deep as, uh, you know, they're definitely not as deep as Team Canada. Uh, I don't, Hunter Skinner, I might be a long shot. He might be the extra, I don't want to say a long shot, but he, I think because, you know, he's probably ends up playing as their, you know, an extra defenseman, unfortunately. But uh, who knows? Like, all it takes is a guy to unfortunately get hurt or whatever, or something, or, or just maybe just not look impressive for them to change things up. But, uh, you know, between Cam York, and Jake Sanderson and Brock Faber uh, and Tyler Clevin. Like, yeah, they have a pretty steady defense. And again, they have a big, you know, with Spencer Knight and Dustin Wolf and, uh, and Stein, you know, the three of them, Wolfenstein, like the video game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, like they have a known commodity in Knight who's been pretty good uh, for, you know, an international competition. So, I just, yeah, I think they can, I definitely think they can pull off an upset. They're definitely an upset worthy team. If that's what you want to, they're definitely not as strong. And, you know, listen, it was unfortunate for them that Jack Hughes uh, opted not to go. It's unfortunate for them that uh, Nick Robertson uh, opted not to play for them, but you know, it is every team has either to lost players to, to COVID or just to circumstances, what it is, you know, Canada could have. Yeah, exactly. But they're, you know, they're still getting Kirby Doc, which is pretty good. But um, yeah, man, I mean, they can definitely pull off the upset. Um, and like I said, you know, goaltending in these tournaments is very important. So 
you don't have a lot of time to to gel and it's quick and if you if you're just let your guard down in the round robin it can happen so yeah i they're not the odds on favorite but i still like them and in the past i feel like some of the more unheralded team usa world junior teams have had good success you know and knocked off some good teams so uh if anything you know there might be some board material you know for how canada comes in feeling like they're going to steamroll everyone it just doesn't happen they start panicking immediately you know yeah you you have to who's going to be the leader uh and that's important. Like you usually have a guy leading the way. You're not going to have Lafreniere leading the charge. It might be doc and they might look to him to do that. And he, he, he absolutely can obviously being, you know, a bit older for this tournament, but at the same time, you know, who knows, maybe Quentin Byfield, his struggles out of the gate. And then he starts quite second guessing his game a bit. And, uh, yeah, I think perfect board material for, you know, chip on his shoulders for a lot of those U S young USA guys. Uh, you know, especially I think, uh, the guys who are returning to, uh, yeah, to win gold. Yeah. And you know, what's unique about this tournament too, is that, you know, the, the European teams and that you never really know what you're going to get out of them because, you know, those guys, I feel like they're every tournament, there's a new star that you find, you know, within that tournament. So, you know, I'm very curious to see how, you know, especially like team Sweden, um, uh, you know, uh, even Finland, like th- those teams, they have some very good players. And again, like sometimes they just come out of nowhere and you don't even know what hits you. And there's so many times where I even thought Team USA was stacked and then they get upset in the quarterfinals and, and they're going home. And it's just like a huge letdown. You're like, what what the hell did we just run into? And then, you know, you, you watch those teams and you kind of realize like, oh, OK, like these guys are for real, too. So, uh, you know, it, which makes the tournament that much more fun to watch because you, you just ne- really never know we're going to get no you're absolutely right and like i said in these tournaments it's like yeah it's it makes all the it makes all the all the difference goaltending because it's like a short tournament uh there's less structure it's, it's more of a it's a it's a younger game it's a little bit more free you know uh, trading chances especially as you get deeper on it's like you don't it's not like they it's not like the nhl playoffs where teams just like shut it down it just becomes like a dog fight and uh yeah i just i think it can make all the difference you know i spe- and uh oh man especially if you know if you can make it to the shootout because games are decided in shootout and right uh as a tiebreaker instead of if they can't get it done in overtime yeah uh it's just it's a short tournament i think usa has what it takes it to pull off an upset but let's not let's not mince words on paper canada is absolutely stacked and the deepest team in this tournament you know i just think usa uh luckily for them they they have a sneaky good team you know and i unfortunately for some of the other teams the other usual powerhouse teams uh like finland and sweden you know between losing players to covid you know especially sweden jesus christ it's just uh yeah yeah unfortunately they didn't make just in off years they don't have the star power and uh yeah, it's so I just if any I I you know it's be hard. I I wouldn't Russia could surprise teams. Like they're going to have Askarov, they're going to have Marat Kusnadinov, they're going to have Silipod Coles and they'll have some pretty good players, you know what I mean? So uh but yeah, I just in just I don't think any of those team, you know, I don't think any of one of Finland, Sweden or Russia has the depth on paper that uh 
but you know, again, like we've, whether it be the world championships or it's just sometimes it's more about how you in short tournaments, if you can play as a team better, you know, than the other team you can win. So who knows? Right. I'm, and, I can, I'll, know, I'll be happily eat my words. Yeah. And, and you know, also it's too, I mean, I, I find it fun root, do like rooting for, uh, you know, the all-star team in the tournament, because you do really see like how much better those guys are, uh, you know, you really see some spectacular, spectacular. Oh my God. I can't even say the word right now. Spectacular plays, you know, and just the creativity when you give these guys like Kirby doc, like all the time in the world or what it seems like to him all the time in the world after playing, you know, in the NHL, you know, just watching those guys and learning from them and seeing, you know, what separates them from the rest of the pack and what makes them not only NHL players, but you know, future stars in the NHL. And that's, you know, another whole thing to to look for. And, and it makes watching any game, not just the USA games, a lot of fun. No, you're absolutely right. And it's just I'm just so happy we have hockey to watch. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I know what I'm going to be doing on, on Christmas Day. I'm going to be watching watching those games. Uh, and Christmas night you know, is uh, USA. Exactly. You know, so it's uh, and, you know, like I you know, with the prelims just to get me warmed up. And then the nice thing about this tournament is that it wrapped up and then it's not long before we have some NHL hockey. So it's kind of nice. It's kind of almost like a precursor to it, you know, where it's, we've already had NHL hockey traditionally, and then I'm just kind of taking a break to watch the world juniors, but this is the first taste of hockey you're getting. So who knows? I think they, this tournament might draw a lot more eyes than they have in the past. Uh, just based on the fact that there hasn't been hockey. So yeah, who knows? I, I mean, it's a good chance for these kids to, to step up and on that stage and, you know, especially if they can draw some eyes, they didn't previously had in the, they don't have to compete for, for watch with the you know NHL team. So, yeah, I mean, I, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never watched a world juniors before, it's awesome. It's on the NHL network. Uh, if you don't have the NHL network, uh, I don't know if you're, if you're a bit older, talk to your, maybe your more computer savvy, uh, I don't know, grandson or something and he'll, they'll hook you up or whatever. <laughs> but, um, They'll figure it out. You can figure it out. Um, but yeah, but uh, oh, I'm excited, man. Like, especially as a big prospect guy, it sucks that I'm upset that, you know, we don't get to watch as a Ranger fan, you don't get to watch Carl Henriksen slot in with one of, or not both of Holtz and, uh, you know, Lucas Raymond and be, you know, a go-to line for, uh, for team Sweden. But listen, at the same time, I'm happy for a player like Hunter Skinner to get a chance to play in this tournament. Uh, I am, will be rooting for Team USA all the way, but you know it will be if Team Canada is as dominant on paper as they look, it'll be fun. Because especially because this year I've you know I've I've this was this past season or at least I'd say the past two seasons I you know I've been really trying to up my prospect tracking and watching and uh, yeah just it'll be fun to see how these guys look now, especially if with the, some of them uh, have having their sights set on the NHL sooner rather than later. All right. Well, I want to end end this podcast with you can't pick Canada. Who's your pick to win win the uh, championship? If I I can't pick Canada, you can't pick Canada because that's cheating. Uh, can't pick. Okay. I you know I I'd have to go with. Well, eh, man, you really for me. <laughs> you know, I I feel like it's weird because I feel like. You know, I feel like the Swedes could. 
I don't know. They they they're missing a lot of guys, and I don't I don't like all the guys they have. But I you know I I will say this. I do I like the two way ability of a lot of Sweden's forwards, and I think that could be a big difference. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I'd say you know I think that's the one thing that worries me about not worries me, but I look at you know USA's middle six and I see a skill, but I don't know how much two way commitment I see from some guys. Or at least, so, yeah. Who knows? Uh, I think, especially, I feel like some, you know, some of the prospects that Russia is, is bringing this year. I feel like, you know, between Emirat Kuznadinov and, uh, you know, they, yeah, Vasily Podkolzin and uh, Amirov, like they could, you know, and they'll probably have uh, Yegor Chinnikov, who's been shooting the lights out in the KHL. Yeah, Russia, you know, now they think about it, even though it's not as, as heralded as maybe some of their teams in the past, like Russia could win, honestly. You know what? I'm going to, I'm uh, sorry, USA. I'm not actually going to pull. I'm going to put, my, I'm going all, all in on Russia, I think. All right. You know? I'm putting all your chips on Russia to win the tournament. I think they'll be, they'll be well, well coached. Uh, you know, uh, like you said, you have Yaroslav Askarov is currently acquitting himself quite nicely in the KHL against uh, men. Uh, although he had a rough tournament last year, so I think he's got something to prove coming back. Um, you know, maybe I, I'm not as sold on Russia's defenseman, but, uh, yeah, I think if, you know, as long as they can get the puck to their forwards, they'll be fine. I like Kersanov. I like Daniil Cheka who plays, uh, in the OHL, like, and I like forward Russia's forwards a lot. I think they, I don't think Russia in just in terms of maybe commitment to two way play. I think I like a lot of their forwards. Like I had mentioned, you know, between Amirov and Kusinadinov and pod Colson, like you have three guys that with motors like that, it, whether you put, have them on different lines or to get, if I think if you split those three guys up or at least have them in your top six somewhere, I think you're in great shape. So uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm putting my money on Russia. You know, I kind if of I agree. can't choose Canada, if I can't I, choose Canada, I'm putting it on on Russia, and that's I, not not a slight to USA. Yeah, no, obviously I want USA to win, but I I'm kind of with you. You know, I think the tournament's going to come down to who can steal a game. Not many positions in the hockey world can steal a game like the goaltending uh, goaltender, and Askarov is uh you know very very gifted and very special, and he's certainly capable of stealing a game against anybody. So. Uh, yeah, Russia is definitely a sneaky team to look out for uh, to win this tournament if uh, Canada seems to have some sort of upset in their path. So, all right, Andy, any uh, any final words? Yeah, uh, let's all get excited about hockey's finally back next week. It's or, you know, in some capacity, it's back, but it's a nice little uh, appetizer for the NHL season. Uh, it's upsetting that. Like I said, you know, some of the like last year, uh, Germany, that line of Paterka, Reichel and Tim uh, Stutzla. Jesus, my, I had a brain fart. But, you know, uh, Reichel is going to miss this tournament. They were a dominant line last year mm-hmm. due to a, a positive COVID test. It stinks. You know, you hope with the bubble, all these young men can stay safe and they can play their games and they can just focus on hockey because a lot of them haven't got to play organized hockey for since March, you know, so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, if you don't know how to watch, just hook, you know, hit someone up, they'll help you figure it out. Uh, we'll be, I believe that we have tentative plans to do some sort of either roundup or recap show for the hockey podcast network, uh, that will appear on our YouTube page. Uh, more details about that as they come. 
But uh, yeah, I'm excited, James. I know you're excited. And just this Christmas, you might not be able to be, maybe you're separated from your loved ones. You're not going to travel if you're, you usually travel out of state or just because of gathering rules and just wanting to feel safe. So this always Chris, this World Juniors feels like Christmas to me. I'm really excited. Oh, and uh, part sorry, uh, parting Sieg. Thank you so much for all the support we got for our division names. We're we're attempting to name these divisions. People really seem to like them. You know, between the the Yager division, the Sundin division in the north, uh, the Chelios division in the, the I guess the Midwest, uh, the former, uh, including you know some of the South Beach teams. Uh, and then the Korea division in the uh, far out, out on the West Coast. Yeah, uh, we'll get those hashtags going. Hashtag Yager division, hashtag Korea division, hashtag Chelios division, hashtag Sundin division. Uh, because wouldn't it be cool if the NHL actually made them a thing? This is only going to exist for one year, knock on wood. So let's get them going and make sure to spam that hashtag Yager division tag as much as you can. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.